access to the presence of God. Access to the presence of God. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, um, we would read from verse 14 through to verse 16 in the message translation. Hebrews chapter 4, um, we would read from verse 14 to 16 in the message translation. The Bible says, now that we know what we have, I mean, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God. Did you know that? Jesus, ready access to God. Let not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. Experienced it all, all but the sin. So, let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Can you look at your neighbor this morning and say, take the mercy, accept the help. Take the mercy, accept the help. Hallelujah. Now, you see, one of the things that came, I mean, the, the primary thing that came with the package of salvation is access to the Father. Um, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and all mankind sinned with him in that act, all right, one thing that was lost was access to the Father, okay? Um, and so Jesus came to come and restore access to the Father and the nature of God dwelling in us. And so the work of the Holy Spirit, after Jesus left and introduced the Holy Spirit to us, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives in this dispensation is to guide us into maximizing the access that we have to the Father. And so access speaks to your ability to be able to reach out to someone, um, expecting some measure of engagement from them. Okay, um, I don't know whether at some point in your lives, you know, you have met, you've been introduced to um, somebody either for business or um, for guidance or whatever it is. And they told you, they gave you their card. And after a while, and they told you on that day, they said, call me at any time or send me an email, I will respond to you. And then you find out that after that face-to-face conversation, um, that email, your emails were never answered, phone calls never returned, whatever it is. You know, anybody like that? Anybody have that experience before? Okay. So, so the thing is, God, our Father, does not behave like that. We have access to him, unlimited, unrestrained access. Okay? But you see, God in his omnipotent wisdom, all right, unlike the men of this world, you see, sometimes you didn't get a response from those people because you didn't understand how to engage the access that you had. All right? So when you should have sent an SMS, you were calling somebody who was in a board meeting. All right? Instead of you to have sent an email, you went to visit them in the office when they were not there. All right? But you see, God is so benevolent that he understood that we might have challenges navigating the access he had given us. And he sent us the Holy Spirit to help us to manage the access, to navigate the access, to understand what we have access to as children of the Father. And that is why the role of the game changer, the Holy Spirit, is very crucial in us working with God. Hallelujah. All right, can you put up my second slide, please? The one that had... um... No, not this one. The, The one after this one. All right, so let's do a bit of time travel this morning. I don't know if anybody remembers these things on the, on the screen. 
Anybody remembers them? So, so once upon a time in this nation, and for those who are joining us online who are not Nigerians, I'm going to try and explain this so you understand it. But I'm sure that there must be some version of this that has happened before in your country as well, right? So once upon a time in this nation, if you wanted to reach someone who was not living within the same vicinity as yourself, you either had to write them a letter, or you had to go visit them physically, or you had to make a phone call. And in those days, the almighty Nitel um, had the sole responsibility for making sure that we could, uh, for connecting us, you know, by telephones. And the interesting thing was that in, uh, the statistics was that in about, in 2003, 2002, there about, when Nigeria had over 100 million people um, as, as, as citizens, you know, Nitel had, had made available maybe 450,000 phone lines or something like that, right? So, if you wanted to make a call, right, you will buy, go to Nitel office, buy that card over there, you had units in it, and then you will go to that public phone over there, all right, and queue up. So, so God help you. If the person on the queue ahead of you, you know, was having a fight with his wife, or was trying to sort of get more money out of his parents, you know, from school, you will stay on the queue for a while. And then sometimes you will get to the front of the queue, put in your card, and it says that you only have 25 units left. And then you will start making the call, you will dial, the people that you are calling might not even be at home. And it was possible that you were in school and your pocket money was due. Anyway, so bottom line, and then you remember this rotary one in the middle, yeah? The, that telephone box. Um, I was looking for a picture of one that, that had that padlock, you know? The one that, you remember the one that had the padlock? All right, you know? And then uh, how many, what, where are the tapas in there? How many people knew how to use that thing with the padlock? All right, put your hands together for yourself this morning. Hallelujah. With or without the padlock, yeah? Access was granted, isn't it? Okay. So, so all of this meant one thing. That we had restricted communication access amongst ourselves as families. And you see, this restriction, perhaps we didn't realize it at the time. It led to significant loss and waste of manpower. Because if you wanted to collect your pocket money, you wanted your parents to send you something from school in those days, you would have to travel from Ife to Lagos or from Lagos to Kaduna, okay? When you could simply have stayed in school and made a phone call, sent an SMS, someone that transferred money to you. In fact, many people died because they were on the road, you know, undergoing needless journeys. Hallelujah. And many people, like the tapas in the house this morning, created all kinds of gimmicks to be able to have access to communication. The same thing happened, all right, before the days of Jesus Christ. Access to God was restricted, okay? The nation of Israel in the Old Testament could only access God the Father through the high priest. And that access was even sometimes just once a year. But fast forward to 2003, at least in our nation, Nigeria, Okay, the GSM came. And today, all right, there are over, I heard that there are about 174 million active lines in the country, all right? About 200 million phones, I mean, lines have actually been sold, but as of January this year, 174 million are active. So what that means, all right, was that we now have significant access to be able to communicate with each other. You can send an SMS, you can send WhatsApp message, you can do whatever it is, you know. Access is easier, it is popular, 
it is readily available. And so the same thing that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. The story has changed today. Jesus came to make access possible for everyone. And you see, that access to the Father is not cheap. It cost Jesus his life. Hallelujah. So, so, so we became household members. We became members of the household of God through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the interesting thing is that access to God is the most precious gift of redemption. Because Jesus was all about inclusion and not exclusion. It brought everybody together in one to become the family of the Father. And so the interesting thing this morning is this. The big point of our discussion and conversation this morning is this. The access that we have to the Father. How are we maximizing the access? How are we using the access? Because remember, this access is no longer restricted. All right? God is not asking you to only send him emails or SMSs and no phone calls. No. He, he listens to you in whatever form that you reach out to him. So you have unrestricted and undiluted access as a child of God. But see, the interesting thing is this, because of the nature of man, it takes the ministry of the Holy Spirit to appreciate and maximize the access that we have to God. You need the work of the Holy Spirit actively in your life and my life for us to be able to get the benefits of the access that we have. So our access to God comes with all sort of things. Our access to God comes with direction. We can go to God for direction. Our access to God can translate to provision. Our access to God translates to fellowship. Our access to God translates to grace. But you and I, how easy is it for us? How how, how regularly do we use that access? How regularly do we lean on the Holy Spirit to help us to maximize the access that we have? You see, because a lot of times, the experience that we have with human beings and in the human realm, they create mindsets for us and we transpose those mindsets over how we expect God to behave towards us and to relate to us. And the truth is that there is nothing that can be further from the truth because God is not a man. He does not behave like men. Men try to behave like God because God lives in us. God does not copy us. He does not behave like us, all right? Um, so we should not, we need the Holy Spirit. we supernatural in nature to help us to figure out how to use the access. You see, there are a lot of people who have access to God and they are not using this access at all. They're not using it at all or they're not using it for the right thing. And you see, the truth is this. When you have access to God or to somebody who is important, um, access without contact is redundant. Hallelujah. Access without contact is redundant. So if somebody says to you, if your CEO says to you, I love your work so much. You are a great person. I am giving you opportunity to be mentored by me. So anytime you want something, come and talk to me. That's a promise, isn't it? Now, a number of things are likely to happen. And one of the things that are likely to happen is that you think you feel so overwhelmed. And say, this big man, 
How am I going to talk to him? What am I going to say? I don't want to embarrass myself, so I am not going to go and talk to him. And then you ignore the access that you have to somebody who could help you. The same thing many times we, we do towards God. And so when you have access and you're not reaching out to make contact, that access is redundant. Unexplored access, all right, is fruitless. You're not going to get any benefit out of it. And so the access that we have to the Father, we need to use. We need to use in a place of prayer. We need to use in a place of the study of the word. We need to use in a place of meditation. We need to use in the place of allowing the spirit of God to renew our minds, to breathe over and influence our thinking faculties so that our behaviors and our outlook in life can reflect the things that God has packaged into our destinies. Hallelujah. So let me tell you one story. Don't laugh at me. Now, I think my second ever trip out of Nigeria, um, I think it was in 2002 or so, um, it was a work training trip to Ghana. So we flew into Ghana, and we were checked into this very nice hotel in those days. I don't know if it's so nice, but I expect it will be. Uh, Golden Tulip Hotel. And um, so when we checked in, we were allocated to our rooms, um, and we're all given this key cards, right? Now, up until that time, the only way I knew to open a door was to insert a key and then turn the key and turn the knob and the door would open. So they gave me this plastic, yeah? And I said, okay, no big deal, right? Um, I collected it. I figured that when I got to the door, I'll figure it out. Now, what they didn't tell me, there was one other thing that they didn't tell me. So I got into the lift, okay? And I wanted to go to, I think my room was on the fourth floor or something like that. So I got into the lift, um, and the first thing I noticed was I pressed the f- number four, all right, and nothing happened. The lift door didn't close, nothing happened, so I stood there anyway. And then a couple walked in, and then so, no, no, so I stood in there, and then I think the doors closed, and then it went up, came down. I was, one, I was seeing the floors as it went by, first floor, second floor, third floor. I kept pressing four, four, four. This thing didn't stop on the fourth floor. It went up, came down, fourth floor, nothing happened. Went up again, came down, I was still in the lift. Then, at some point, it went down again, and then a couple walked in, right? Um, I said, okay, well, any which way, we'll, today to today, all of us will get out of this lift. So I saw these people. They took their um, room key, um, touched it, to, they pointed it at the panel in the lift, and they pressed the floor that they were going to. I said, oh. So fortunately, they were going to the second floor. So they, they, I was watching what was happening. So they got to the, we got to the second floor, and then the door opened, lift stopped, they got out. I said, Jesus Christ, this is what I've been missing. So I did the same thing, touched the panel, pressed floor, I mean pressed floor, and we got to the fourth floor, and I was able to get out of the door, I mean of the lift, and I went to my room. You see, many a times, many of us behave like yours truly, ignoring the access card that we have to the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. And then we try to figure things out all by ourselves, ignoring the capacity and the ability of the Holy Spirit to connect us with the Father to give us wisdom. We ignore the ability and the presence of the Holy Spirit to connect us to the Father, to give us the strength to go on. 
We ignore the ability and the strength and the capacity of the Holy Spirit to connect us to the Father for us to receive financial resources or whatever it is that you need. And so we keep walking around in our frustrations, in our pains, in our ignorance and everything and we say, this God is not a good Father. Whereas, the issue is that you are ignoring your access card. You don't know how it operates. Now, after today, nobody should come and make fun of me. Outside the room to say access card. All right? But you see, you need to use your access card. That is the game changer. You need to engage the Holy Spirit to navigate and understand the nature of the access that you have to the Father. See, perhaps there is somebody here this morning who doesn't understand what the access to the Father comes with. I want you to read the book of Psalm chapter 91. If we put that on the screen, I want to just read a couple of verses in there. Demonstrate to you that the access you have to the Father is valuable. So that you can begin to chase that access. Begin to use it and engage the Holy Spirit in the utilization of that access and mining it for all it's worth. The Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That's he who is engaging access to the Most High, right? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Do you have the good news translation? If you have the good news translation, let's read a good news translation. All right, do we have good news translation? Just 30 seconds, let's see. Okay, we'll carry on with the New King James Version. So, Surely, it shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. All right? That's verse 3. Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 says, It shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. The entire psalm basically says, when you maximize your access to the Father, you have protection, you have direction. You have supernatural intervention on your behalf. It says that you will have, you will have, you will manifest supernatural abilities. The angels of God are at your back. I mean, God is sending them out on your behalf. Hallelujah. But see, the interesting thing is this. Many of us, you, myself inclusive, limit the utilization and how we explore the access that we have to God. You see, the truth is that the devil cannot rob us of the access that we have to God. He can't. The only thing he can do, if we permit him, is to deceive us about the nature of the access and what the access qualifies us for. So sometimes he strives to frustrate how we enjoy access through seeds of erroneous mindsets. So for the next five minutes, I want to just examine a few of those mindsets that we carry around that sort of limit the way we navigate and enjoy the access that we have to the Father. So first, a number of people reject salvation and say, no, Jesus cannot be the only way, cannot be the way to the Father. There are many other things that are the way to the Father. That's not true. And there are many, many other people, they operate only in the realm of their physical senses. In the realm of their physical senses. So, I don't understand how an intelligent and smart, right-thinking human being, all right, who understands that God is supernatural, but wants to relate with God in, based on only physical evidences and experiences. Hallelujah. 
So, because the thing is, if you are carnally minded, which means that you only rely on your five senses alone, you will deprive yourself of access to the Holy Spirit. Because the operations and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, they're not limited to just the things that we can hear, that we can see, that we can feel, that we can smell, or that we can touch. And you cannot also insist on experiencing a spiritual being solely with your physical senses. That is also not going to work. So, so if there is anybody working in that sort of realm and mindset this morning, you are sabotaging your access to God and not working effectively, optimizing and using those access. Hallelujah. And sometimes we mute the Holy Spirit. You know sometimes how your phone is ringing and you don't want anybody to disturb you. You do what? You mute the phone. So sometimes we mute the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is ever present in our lives once we become born again. But many times we mute the Holy Spirit through acts of sin, all right, and faithless words and actions. Hallelujah. And then sometimes, which I think is perhaps the biggest issue that many people have, is that we refuse to believe that we are included in the access to God. We think that we're so imperfect that God doesn't want to have anything to do with us. And so what you have been saying, what that kind of person has been saying to himself or herself this morning is that this thing that Pastor TJ is saying is for that person that is sitting next to them. Hallelujah. Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, for the spirit that God has given us, I mean the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit, the game changer, is the one who helps us to reach out to God. It builds a hunger in us. It builds a thirsting and a panting after the things of God in us so that we can reach out to God. It says, the Spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. Hallelujah. I mean, except in the extended family concept of African life, which is good. Another person's child cannot call me father and expect me to respond, right? But we have access to God to call him father. So, so when you say somebody is your father, what is your expectation of that relationship? Think about it. I mean, ignore the father that you had who didn't pay your school fees. Or ignore the one that was slapping your mom in your presence. Ignore the one that came home drunk and you had to sweep the vomit. No, God doesn't behave like that. But, but think about who the image of a good father, the providing one, the loving one, the one who counsels you, who, who protects you, who guides you. That is the same thing with God. And so we have access to him. All right? And so the, the, that, that verse says, the spirit joins himself to our spirit to declare that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. Did you hear that? Since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. I'm reading the good news translation just in case you're wondering. And we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for him. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share his glory. 
So, so your membership mindset, your mindset that says you're a member of the household of God, that mindset must be intact if you want to enjoy a vibrant, meaningful relationship through your access to God. If you want to enjoy a vibrant, meaningful relationship with God through the access that you have to him. And so just a few things that we need to do and engage the Holy Spirit to help us with in order to maximize this access. Because remember Psalm 91, the access that you have to God is loaded with benefits. It is loaded with benefits. God does not require you to be frugal in using that access. He expects you to be lavish, to use it lavishly. So in this case, there is no relationship of, there is no food in the house, so let's do no breakfast, something for lunch, nothing for dinner. No, no, no. no. In this one, it is a lavish access. Hallelujah. And so what do you need to do? What do you need the Holy Spirit to help you to do? The first thing is to develop a hunger for God. Develop a hunger for God. You see, I understand. Is that somebody's um, Father's Day lunch or something? <laughs> so, so, so I understand that if you, if you don't have an appetite for a meal, if someone were to place it in front of you, you're likely to ignore it. But there are things that, but if you are very, if you happen to be, I have been, there have been instances in my life before when I was so hungry. And they said, what do you want to eat? I said, give me anything available. And they said, but what is available is that thing that you don't like to eat. I said, it's okay, just bring it, I am hungry. So, so if you have a hunger for a relationship with God, a hunger for connecting with God in his presence, maximizing your access to him, hearing, wanting to hear him, wanting to receive directions from him, wanting to receive instructions, wanting to uh, be like him because the more you interact with him, the more he rubs off on you and you can be like him. That helps you to develop a hunger for God. So you need to understand the nature of the access because that is the only way that then attracts you enough to have a hunger. Hallelujah. So some people work on the principle of exclusion that says I have been excluded because they're having challenges and they think that God is no longer with them or that their access has been revoked or expired. But nothing can be further from the truth because when you go through shameful and painful experiences, the question I want to ask you this morning is this, those experiences, do they drive you back to God or further away from him? And the right answer should be that those experiences drive you towards God. They shouldn't drive you towards other men. They shouldn't drive you towards substance abuse. They shouldn't drive you towards reckless behaviors. They should drive you towards God. Again, pressing further and optimizing the access that you have for God to reach out to you and to solve that problem for you. So let your deprivations translate to a hunger for God. The same way my hunger made me to want to eat something that ordinarily would not have eaten. So make sure that you are exposed to the Holy Spirit. So he builds up in you an appetite for the things of God. An appetite for divine instruction. An appetite for divine guidance. An appetite for, for divine um, um, leading. For divine provision. You cannot in this life optimize your life only by living 
through your five senses and figuring everything out, either using your own senses or using your brother's sense, joined to it, your mother's own, and your cousin who is in New Zealand, and then your boss who is, who is an alcoholic, and everybody else. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Also, you need to let the Holy Spirit work on you to deal with the victim mindset. The mindset that says, when bad things are happening to me, God does not love me. Because that mindset erodes your appreciation and your love and your understanding of God and does not want you to go towards God and use the access that you have. Hallelujah. So stop believing that God is angry with you or that he is hiding from you. Hallelujah. Because hiding from God does only one thing. It hinders your access to him. Hallelujah. Have an understanding that your access is irrevocable. It is permanent and you must use it. Amen. All right? Deal with low self-esteem. That thing that says that you do not have a sense of being loved, that says that you don't have a sense that robs you of a sense of being accepted, and the thing that robs you of a sense of feeling adequate. Hallelujah. Because God has made available to us, he has strengthened us, and we're supposed to walk like the children of the king. We're supposed to walk like the sons and daughters of the father. And so we should not have low self-esteem when it comes to our relationship with God. And that is one thing that the Holy Spirit is, has been given us to help us to deal with. You know, there's a way that you can look at another Christian and say, things are working for this one. God loves him more than me. He's a better child of God than I am. And then you feel less valuable to God than that person. But that is not the truth. God loves every one of us. He's made his grace and his love available to us in equal measures. And so this morning, when you go home, remember these three things. And I want you to say them after me. That remember that you are loved. So personalize and say, I am loved. I am loved. I want you to also understand that you are accepted. So say it after me. I am accepted. I am accepted. And I want you to also remember that you are adequate. So say it after me. I am adequate. I am adequate. And so finally this morning I say that you belong to God's family. And I want you to act like it. Hallelujah. That is my final charge to you this morning. Can you look at your neighbor and say you belong in God's family? Act like it. You belong in God's family. Act like it. Don't hide in the boys' quarters. When everybody is enjoying life in the living room. You're part of us. Use your access.